Hello, Robin. Hello, Trev. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of WN Movie Talk Podcast, formerly known as We Need to Talk About Movies Podcast. Look, I said it in a normal voice this time. Yeah, that's, that's good. That must be a sign of maturity or something. It must be. Must be. Mm. Um, we're mm. back we're growing up to talk about 1994's Quentin Tarantino classic Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yes. We put it to the vote, actually, over on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash WN Movie Talk Podcast. Put it to the vote for the listeners because we thought we haven't talked about a Tarantino film yet. And there was a couple I wanted to do. I wanted to do Reservoir Dogs or Once Upon a Time in America. So you Robin. didn't get your own way, did you? No, I didn't. So I've never put this for, to the vote again. Oh, I'm I wouldn't. doing that anymore. <laughs> Robin, you chose Pulp Fiction and what was the other one? Might have been Kill Bill. Kill Bill, yeah. And Pulp Fiction, got it. The audience voted Pulp Fiction with mm. Reservoir Dogs Runner Up, which I really, really wanted to watch Reservoir Dogs, if I was honest. Well, to be fair, you could watch that on your own. <laughs> I know, I know, and I probably will. No, because I only watched uh, Pulp Fiction about six months ago. And I was oh, really? Like, oh, okay. I really don't want to watch it again. But actually, watching it today, I think I enjoyed it more today than I e- ever have. Mm. Spoiler alert, the podcast is going to be all gushy. <laughs> but no, I really, I did finally enjoy it. And I watched it at um, a soft play. Whilst our kids was playing, I was watching the, one of the most violent films <laughs> <laughs> I I love that. Yeah. Did you have play. the sound up or did you have headphones? No, I, I had headphones on. I had headphones. That's a good on. job, really, because that would have been a bit much, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think I didn't ask for you to leave. Didn't think until the end when I finished and I looked around and there's like a family sat on the balcony bit behind me. <laughs> I could probably watch Pulp Fiction over my shoulder all afternoon. But there you go. But anyway, so Robin, it's been Hello. ages. My we, God, hasn't it? <laughs> we didn't meet over Christmas. No. We was going to meet and do a Christmas episode. Yeah, we, we did. We was going to meet and do the 2022 episode, which I've done on my own in, the, in an evening. But uh, yeah. here we are, Robin. We're here now. So, well, we are. Well, we've made it. We've finally connected again. Mm. So, Pulp Fiction, Quentin Tarantino, love him or hate him. Because I've said it before, I, I love watching film directors talk about films. Give me Scorsese, give me Spielberg, give yeah, me Paul yeah, Thomas yeah. Anderson. But one director I just cannot stand to hear is Quentin Tarantino. And I know he's so knowledgeable in that, but he just aggravates me when I watch him. And But he does make a good film. Uh, he is a funny guy, though, isn't he? He's a funny-looking guy. He speaks a bit funny as well. And he, you know, I don't know that I can sit and watch him for too long without thinking. Oh, yeah, but he's got this... Shut up, mate. He's got this sort of ego about him, which has been completely yeah, yeah. driven. Like, in the special features, I thought when I watched Pulp... When we had to watch Pulp Fiction the other day, I was like... I really don't want to watch it again. I, it doesn't seem long ago I watched it. I thought, oh, I'll watch special features. And there's basically documentaries on there. They're just talking about Tarantino. They're not even talking about the film, really, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, I don't want to hear about Tarantino. <laughs> like, there's, a good, um, there's a good documentary about Tarantino. I can't remember where uh, I saw it. It's Q8 on Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is good. That's good. That is good. That's good. That's worth watching. If you kind of want to embed yourself in Tarantino films without watching them all. Yeah, it sort of goes through his eight films because he's only going to make ten and he's made nine. So there's one more film left in him. Oh, what's he going to do with that? I just think with Tarantino, it, for me, a lot of the time, what happens is his films are floating around. I've got loads of them, you know, on disc or, and they come up on, you know, TV streams and sites and stuff. And um, 
I sort of look at them and I think, oh, I don't want to watch that. No, I don't fancy, I don't fancy that. No, I don't want to watch that. And, and then for a lot of the time, that was because it just, there was always that element of explosive, that violent side that I just thought, do I really want to watch that? Do I really want to go down that tonight? Am I really in the mood for that? But yeah, every time I watch a Tarantino film, I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. But I never want to watch it again. It's, you know, it's a, it's a real kind of mm. like odd thing for me. But Tarantino films are like that. Yeah. There isn't one that I would like to watch over and over again. But when I watch them, I always think, ah, oh, that was great. See, Reservoir Dogs always was the one that I, I watched that so many times when I was younger. I love it. I just loved yeah, yeah. it. I loved how raw it was. Yeah. It's just... It's just taken to the bone. Do you know what I mean? It's like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just so minimalist, but so great. Um, and Pulp Fiction's great, but I was trying to picture it as if I was watching it for the first time today. Yeah. Because you forget mm. what that first viewing is like, don't you? You know? You do. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, when I first saw Pulp Fiction, I was just into it. And the bit, for me, the sequence with Bruce Willis, mm. I just thought that was brilliant when i watched it i just couldn't believe where it went what it was doing in the time that it did it in you know it's that kind of just the whole process and then they get they're in that shop and then they go down in the cellar with the gimp and it's like what is going on here (laughs) and the bit you know he comes out with a bike it's not a motorbike it's a chopper you know and it's just all of it is dead baby yeah and then she's like (laughs) getting upset i'm so sorry i've had a bad morning i couldn't get pancakes and everything about that film the first time i saw it was mind blowing, but so the second time you see it, you you you're understanding the sequencing and yeah, what's going on there and the little bits and pieces that run into the other scenes and you know it all feeds in a bit nicer, doesn't it? Well, I think something that Tarantino does really well is tension. Oh yeah, yeah. creating tension. Yeah, yeah, and it's like the whole Vincent and Mia scene. Yeah, and I remember when you're first watching it, you're thinking like, oh, he's gonna tub her. Oh, he's he- gonna tub her. <laughs> And there's that awkward silence bit where she says about that uncomfortable silence and it's a real uncomfortable scene. Then he goes back to her place and he's in the toilet giving himself a pep talk and you think, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But you... That's what he does well is like set these things up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then like you were saying with like where they end up in the shop and you're like, where did that come from? She drags out the bag of heroin out of her pocket and you're like, right, now you see... (laughs) You've, you're now looking one way yeah. and this it goes gonna... the other and he, he does that yeah. quite yeah. a lot doesn't he he's great at doing that and it and it is down to even down to the whole what I know I didn't notice and then I noticed it this time was with Marcellus when he sees Bruce Willis and he's walking across <laughs> the road and I always remember thinking oh that was a bit of a coincidence but then I thought oh no because he was obviously he went to his apartment as yeah. well and he left Vince there obviously and said I'll go and get coffee and donuts Vince went, oh, I'll take a dump. <laughs> and it was all very casual. And obviously he's coming back with a coffee yeah. and donuts. And I was like, because before I thought, well, that's a bit of a coincidence. But, you know, even little yeah. things like that, though, just kind of this time went, oh, hang on a minute. I see where it's going there. But but then, like, trying to remember watching it for the first time, mm. you go back and you see Bruce Willis in the flat and he picks up the gun, puts the Pop-Tarts in. That's a great yeah. moment as well. We're just... Yeah. Think, why is he zoomed oh, in on the pop Nice, he's got it. And then when he comes out of the yeah. toilet and it just there's that they just stare at each other and then pop darts go off and he just shoots, kills him. But you're thinking, oh but well, where was Jules? 
And it because they were together, and you're thinking, why aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a partnership because he retired. Yeah, you don't know that. So when you go to the Jules and Vincent scene at the end, and you see Seinfeld in the cupboard (laughs) (laughs) with the gun, and you're thinking, oh my god, he's gonna, you know, was you thinking, oh shit, he's gonna kill Samuel Jackson? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and then when he doesn't, then it goes back to. Honey Bunny and Pumpkin in the... And you're thinking, are they going to... You know, it must have been... Yeah, the tension. Yeah, because that 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 crossover where she's freaking out with the gun and you're thinking something's going to go off because it's Tarantino mm. and usually something goes off anyway, yeah. doesn't it? You know, and you, but, the, but the bit that went off was the Bruce Willis bit through the middle, yeah. I guess, and he comes out with a sword and... Exactly, yeah, because you know, it's a actually a, a good second. end, you know, a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In a sense, yeah. they all leave. They're all still alive at the end of it. They all leave. They got their bag of goods. Yeah. And uh, Vincent and Jules leave with the uh, light bulb in the suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. They're never going to show you what right. it is. But it's the like... Proper MacGuffin. <laughs> I must say, though, when uh, they leave and Vincent puts the gun down his pants, I can't help but think... Oh, that gun's got a very sensitive trigger finger. I wouldn't put it there <laughs> down the front of your pants, eh? <laughs> you don't want a Marvin in your pants, you know? <laughs> now, there's a bit there where they chuck the bin bags. Mr. The wolf chucks the bin bags in the back. But you get a look at Marvin when he's dead. Oh, yeah. Hideous, isn't it? He did have a, he did have a head, though. He's got... He's got a head. He's got a full head. So I don't know whether they shot for it. Yeah. Where did they get him? It, it must, must have, have blown the, back the head. Of the head. I, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it did look yeah. grim, didn't it? <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, we've kind of jumped all over the place oh, already God, without yeah, we actually doing the plot. I mean, I think we... anyone who's listening to this likes films. And anyone who likes films has probably seen Pulp Fiction a hundred times. So I don't think it's one that we've got to talk through the plot. no all right fair enough yeah Yeah, we are sort of left about (laughs) but that's what i was meant to listen for as well in the scene where bruce willis comes back to his apartment someone said that there was a telly on i saw this i was looking for like trivia and stuff and apparently there's a tv on or news in the background yeah and they say i was meant to listen out for it i could just completely forgot i was so caught up in the moment and watching the film that i completely forgot to listen there's meant to be a news announcement and they're saying that the uh, Jack Rabbit Slims trophy has been stolen, which leads you to believe that Mia and Vince didn't win the trophy. They stole it. Oh, that's 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 a really cool <laughs> Because they didn't bit. win the competition. But I did. Uh, I remember reading that. I think, oh, I'll listen out for that when I'm watching it. Forgot. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and listen yeah. to it. So so when he goes, when he's doing the Pop-Tarts, when he goes into his, because he kind of goes, yeah, it's all good in here, doesn't he? And I love that because they... If if you just if he'd have looked a little bit further along the kitchen, he'd have seen the machine gun on the side. <laughs> you know, I'd have clocked that early, but because it's out of screenshot. That's it. There's a good, few yeah. things like that when he sees the sword as well. It's out of screenshot. You always see people looking at something, but you don't get that reveal. He's a brilliant. He's a master of like sort of just keeping things from you for that little bit longer. Just to yeah, just to uh, yeah, just to kind of keep the questioning in the. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's he going to do? Where's he going to go? Yeah. I yeah. You were talking about the tension, though, which is, I mean, if, if we talk about the um, Tarantino's sort of scenes with the most tension, which one springs to mind? Oh, Inglorious Bastards. The, yeah, the opening bit? The Jews the, under the floor. Yeah. Oh, that is sensational, mm. isn't it? 
That was so tense when I first watched that. And there's a scene in Once Upon a Time in America where he's Brad Pitt's walking around Charlie Manson's house. Charlie Manson, yeah. There's Charlie that, Manson's house. That scene is really tense as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does do tension well. He does. He does do it really well because, um, yeah, there's, in most films, there's a bit, isn't there? Um, uh, and so, of all the scenes, which is your favourite Tarantino scene? My favourite Tarantino scene in the film. Oh, I don't know. That's a hard one. Ooh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Why have you got one? Yeah, I think mine is because I said about Django as well, didn't I? Because I think that bit with uh, DiCaprio, knowing the background of that, that he smashed his mm. hand, cut his hand bled and then just carried on smeared it on the woman's face and did all that acting i just think that's mind-blowing brilliant bit of acting now have you seen I i've seen, only seen like the first half of jane oh there's a lot of tarantino films i haven't watched reservoir dogs like i say i loved it yeah, yeah. pulp fiction I loved it jackie brown i think i'd like to revisit it because I, I took me a bit of, it's got a good cast but <laughs> so is pulp fiction when you see the beginning credits it's like just 10 mm. minutes of just Star, star, yeah. star, star. Yeah, great. and they all do something pretty special in that film, don't they? But really? then Kill Bill is where I Samuel sort L. of Jackson. tailed off the, because I'm not into martial arts films, and it was a bit of a love letter to martial arts. And I just I watched the first one, and I'd never bothered to watch the second. Well, one. You, you know, weirdly, the second one isn't like the first one. No, I do need. I've got them both on Blu-ray. I've bought them again recently, but I haven't watched. It's them. more of a western than it is a yeah martial arts. It kind of feels more like a western. But uh, I get that there's that scene in um, in this where she's talking about her pilot episode, isn't she? And it sort yeah, of just yeah, yeah, sets yeah. up That's, what's coming. It sounds like Kill, Kill Bill. Bill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that's cool. I mean, I, I really like the Kill Bill films. I mean, the first one I love, I just think it's... I like that martial arts kind of over-the-top mm. nonsense, especially the whole Char Charlie Brown bit when the restaurant and that. It just goes to another level of ridiculous. Um, and I kind of I kind of like that when I was watching it because it was sometimes the Tarantino films, the tension, it, that's perhaps why I don't always want to watch them because sometimes it's just like, oh, I don't know if I really want to go for all of this, mm. you know, because it is a bit of a, it does, it, it's really good at it. And um, sometimes I just think I need it a bit lighter and, Maybe that's why Kill Bill sometimes appeals to me because it's, yeah, it's like proper light. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. I have, I have to watch them again because I was younger then and I was sort of like into my own sort of things. And I think, yeah, I sort of fell off the uh, Quentin Tarantino bandwagon a bit, but I do appreciate it. But like I said, it's it's his interviews of things put me off him for a long time. I was like, I don't, I don't want to hear him anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the way yeah. he like, I don't know. There's. I mentioned it in a podcast that me and Nafe done before, and when Joker come out, and he was like, "Oh, what's, you know, it's just like the seventies films. What are we just copying seventies films now?" And I think, uh, well, "Hang on, you built a career you? on copying seventies films." <laughs> but he does things like that, and he like Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights, which is one of my favourite films, and then he's mm. like. Paul Thomas Anderson said that he based this character on this man. But no, I, I think he based this character on this man, actually. It's like, well, if Paul Thomas Anderson says he did that, surely that's what he did. <laughs> it's like, yeah. just chill out, bruv. It's up to him. Yeah. You're not... But you can't take away the fact that, you know, he just he is a great yeah, filmmaker. Yeah, they are great films. But at the end of the day, he is just a filmmaker. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need to be up on this fucking pedestal. Well, you know? I think you know his films are <laughs> unique because they and they are they they have they have his stamp, and I think that's perhaps why he stands out because you can see his films a mile off. Hmm. You know, 
um, and that's his trademark, and that's what makes him different, and that's what makes his film stand out. And you know, the actors want to do them. You know, you've got some great actors in there. Oh yeah, um, they all know. You know, Samuel L. Jackson talking to Django. He's in that as well. It's just fantastic, just brilliant. And you know, the, the, they come around, don't they, to him? They kind of all DiCaprio as well has got in on it. You know, they've all they all want to be there. Um, and I think DiCaprio uh, the, in. Um, once upon a time, oh, yeah, is one yeah. of my favourite characters in any Tarantino film. To be honest, yeah, and the performance, yeah, definitely. And Brad Pitt won the role, the the best actor award. But I think that DiCaprio was by far the better actor in that film. I I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think I think Brad Pitt was his character was a cool character, uh, like Brad Pitt. But yeah, I thought DiCaprio was just brilliant. But I suppose I mean, DiCaprio he's, he's just had the Oscar a couple of years ago, and I don't think Brad Pitt yeah. had one yet, had he? So no, just so... throwing him a bone, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, if you have, so Django, the second half, have you seen DiCaprio in Django? I don't know. Did you get I don't to know. that bit? I can't really remember. So watch it. So watch yeah. it. For DiCaprio alone, it's, it's for me that him and Samuel L. Jackson together, that is just brilliant. And that's fantastic. And, and I really enjoy Django. So it's a bit like Inglorious Bastards, I guess, that... I really enjoyed the opening from Glorious Bastards, but I think it tailed off for mm. me near the end. Well, I think this is what happens with his films, his more recent ones that I've watched. Like, Inglorious Bastards is a great film, but it's got this ridiculous, over-the-top, violent ending that just doesn't suit the rest of the film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he started to kind of... It's almost like... He parodies himself. to wait for that. Yeah, but it's like Django's the same. You're kind of waiting for the ending now, the explosion. Yeah. And even Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, exactly. you're waiting the for end, the explosion the end, at the end. The it's end, coming. Yeah, it just. I just thought it was ridiculous. To me, it loses me, personally. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, that was a great film until that happened, and now it's just silly. Yeah, why have you gone, why have you gone there with it? <laughs> um, but going back, let's, let's talk about Pulp Fiction anyway. That's what we're here to let's talk, talk about. Let's talk about Pulp Fiction! <laughs> I love the opening credits, as I say, and the song. Um, but then I like how it switches the radio. They switch the radio over, and then it's a jungle boogie, and it puts you in mind of like the super sounds of the seventies from Reservoir Dogs, doesn't it? Where the whole soundtrack, yeah, 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 is just them listening to a radio station throughout that yeah. show. And and he uses music so well in all his films, and the choice of music that he uses, yeah, is always so and like Jack, fantastic. Jack Rabbit Slims is just. I like to think that's. Like stepping into his head, yeah. <laughs> Just seeing it's a great design. Steve Buscemi, I mean, who was brilliant as Mister Pink in uh, Reservoir Dogs, and then just to take just this small to serve the food, <laughs> just yeah. to take this small little role. <laughs> it is great. It's great. Just have him in there, though, isn't it? Just doing that little bit. It was Buddy Holly, wasn't he? Buddy Holly, yeah. Serving five dollar milkshakes. Yeah, and he says, doesn't he? He says, "Um, do you want a Martin and Lewis or an Amos and Andy?" Which basically means vanilla or chocolate. Because <laughs> it's Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. Right. Two white yeah, okay. comedians and Amos and Andy. It's like, what, who would be strawberry? <laughs> I don't know. You're not allowed strawberry. Oh. It killed that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And that that dance scene is just, just famous now for, for pretty... Crap dancing. I know. Affair, uh, everyone but... always goes, oh, you must have been, you know, every time I see any documentary about it or read anything, they're always like, oh, Tarantino didn't write this scene for John Travolta. Just lucky that he got John Travolta to dance. Barely. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, like, he wasn't really. There's no nonsense. Saturday Night Fever. Because that was John Travolta. That was John Travolta coming back, wasn't it? He'd been out of in the wilderness a bit, hadn't he? With films for a few years, and didn't this one bring him back in? He had, yeah, he had. He was losing out a lot of films to Richard Gere at the time. Ah. Yeah, Richard Gere would end up getting films that he should have got, and then they'd go on to become successful. And John Travolta was doing films like Look Who's Talking. Look Who's uh, Talking too. <laughs> you know. They was turning a buck, but they wasn't doing him any favours. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then this, yeah, this was his comeback. And then he was doing, you know, he's everywhere again, wasn't he? Like, Get Shorty is a great film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same sort of similar vein as Pulp Fiction, I guess. That's the thing about this film as well. It launched not just the careers of people, such as John Travolta, but it spawned like a whole new genre, the gangster film where... And they wasn't always good. No. You know, that's one of the downsides of it. There's two things that I think were the biggest downside of Pulp Fiction. One is all the films that spawned that were Pulp Fiction wannabes. Like, one of my least favourite films, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Just should have been good. Christopher Walken's good in it. Steve Buscemi's good in it. But there's just... It's just reeked of crap dialogue and just corny cheesiness you know trying to be tarantino the other thing that i really sort of resent pulp fiction for doing is creating winston wolf who now haunts us on our bloody direct line adverts you know he's a great well, it character was, it, was a great either, character it was either in the um, film. harvey Keitel's winston wolf or it was the pimp <laughs> in um Taxi driver, wasn't it? That, you know, so which one was... You can't have him pimping on a commercial, can you? Standing outside, <laughs> standing outside a building going, all right? All right. But yeah, I do. Like Every time I see a Winston Wolf advert, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Sold nice out. Coffee. Sold out. But it is a great scene in here, in Pulp Fiction, wasn't it? I just go through John Travolta films. I mean, so he hit Staying Alive in 1983, okay? Which, you know, was kind of Grease, Staying Alive... That sort of Saturday Night Fever. That was him, wasn't it? God, he was in Carrie as well. Um, yeah. And then it goes like things like Two of a Kind, Perfect, Never Heard of It, Basements, Never Heard of It. Boy in a Bubble. And then Look Who's, Look Who's Talking, Chains of Gold, Look Who's Talking To, The Tender, Boris and Natasha, Look Who's Talking Now. And it's like, yeah, that period there. I mean, that's that's like, how many but then, years is that? My then God, didn't he like shoot himself years. in the foot? He sort of... You had this massive comeback, and then he shot himself in the foot by making a film based on the story of Scientology, didn't he? Battlefield Earth, and it yeah. was like a, meant to be a real turkey. Well, he yeah, because he's and, in some great films in the middle of that. You mentioned Get Shorty, but Face Off's another really good fun, good film if I remember rightly. I enjoyed. Yeah, him and Swordfish. That was a good yeah. film. I remember. Um, I, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch him again now. Guarantee that they were really good. And it, he was in Austin Powers. Gold member. Yeah, who's he in that then? <laughs> Does he know. just turn up at the beginning? Is he like one of the when they're making the film? Yeah, yeah, he must be, must be. Does he play like yeah. someone? And then it kind of, and then it goes, then it goes cold for a bit. To be fair, <laughs> but, but yeah, he so is great in anyway, this. He it? is great in this. He's got that sort of. He's almost hunched over, isn't he? He's not that cool. Yeah, sort of a little bit overweight, and he's like not being in front. He doesn't. He's not. He's yet. not the most intellectual. He's a bit. No, dense, that's it. Yeah, that's it. He and just I just love well. the bickering between him and Samuel L. Jackson. It's just great. It's just real. Like seems like realistic banter. The last time I watched this, I said I watched it six months ago, and I just thought as I was watching it, I thought everyone sounds like they're 
Quentin Tarantino talking, but I didn't pick up on that so much this time. Well, you have to but, kind of think as well when Tarantino. We go back, don't we, to like when people start doing things that are nobody else is doing or they for the first time. And Tarantino just started to drop those conversations, in, didn't he? You yeah, know, talking about the coffee, talking the, about the, the Royale with Royale cheese, cheese conversation, yeah. talking about the you know a foot massage. That's a great little conversation that one down the hallway. <laughs> Let's talk about this foot massage. You know, it's like, so, you know, you're giving foot massage and that. Would you give a foot massage to a man? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like a great little conversation that rolls along. And then they go yeah, back. He right, does. Get a character. Here we go. And he does have a go. bit of a foot fetish, doesn't he, Tarantino? Yeah. But, you know, he does. Yeah. With feet. Yeah. He does. You see Uma Thurman's in this. Well. And then you see uh, the taxi driver woman and she's got her shoes off when she presses yeah. her foot to the pedal. Yeah. Yeah. And Kill Bill as well, when she's in the hospital, she's like trying to get her toe to wiggle. So he gets a real close up on the toes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, so anyway, those, those sort of conversations that run through this, this was kind of the first film that it was really starting to note. People were starting to talk, big that up. But I remember mm. yeah. talking about Tarantino and the dialogue and the sort of mundane everyday conversations a great cup of coffee you know all of that stuff and yeah i remember reviews and things at the time watching interviews and people talking about it on tv and stuff and they, they they were banging on about this kind of like oh it's just so amazing how he just you know it's just a normal conversation squeezed in and, yeah. and it, i don't know if that was going on before so much or whether it became his thing or i don't know there would have been but not to the extent that he does not it, the I way suppose. that he did it. he yeah. bases a whole scene around that yeah Conversation. It's like the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs where it all sat around the table and he, basically the conversation is all about Like a Virgin by Madonna, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's remember? it. I love that. Yeah, they're just casually talking. I do. Oh, we've got to do Reservoir Dogs at some point. I do love it. Yeah. It's great. But it we're is doing good. Pulp Fiction And it is today. worth doing. Sorry about yeah, this. To be fair, there's quite a few Tarantino films that are worth doing. I mean, maybe we do a few Tarantino. Oh, we will come back to Tarantino. What for we sure. could do is just, we could do it two or three, couldn't we, where we just put it out to the audience again. You vote for the one and we'll watch it and talk about it. No, and no, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to choose one. Just oh, yeah, because you didn't get your way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. But, um, I remember now. Sorry, one, of go our, back. one of our listeners, Piero, he, he voted for other because I put, Four, our four choices and then any other and I thought people might choose Inglorious Bastards yeah but no one chose that but uh, Piero Canuti chose True Romance which I pointed out wasn't yes it's a Tarantino script but Tony Scott directed yeah but watching this again I'd, I'd like to revisit True Romance actually I haven't watched that for uh, such a long time but uh, I sort of pointed out that it wasn't a Tarantino film, but then it does get included in Tarantino box sets. So it is almost, he says it's one of his most personal films, even though he didn't make it. So, Piero, you are quite right to sort of suggest that as a film. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't have poo-pooed you straight away. Because the other writer in this is Roger Avery. Do you know much about Roger Avery? No, but they were sort of like, they wrote it together, didn't they? And then he, yeah. there's a bit of a hoo-ha, wasn't there? He basically convinced Roger Avery to drop his writing credit. Whereas Tarantino says, well, I did basically write the whole fucking script. You just come up with a few stories. Because I think the main story that Roger Avery came up with was the gold watch. Yeah, which story. is, the, for me, is the kind of bit that pulls it all in. Yeah, and I think, but Tarantino put it in an order and he wanted that, a film by Quentin Tarantino title at the beginning, you know? Did you notice the one thing I noticed going back this time that I didn't notice before was when the um, 
Seinfeld comes out and shoots them. Um, did you notice the holes in the wall were already there? No. Well, they no. are. They're over their shoulder. They're there. And then you kind of watch it. And I went, hang on, went back and went, bullet holes are already there. Yeah. So, but you, know, you have to be keen to notice things like that, don't you? Or just, uh, you know, I've watched it so many times and not noticed that. No, um, well, I don't know why I noticed it. I think like, it was, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. Tarantino, I, I think point. when you watch a, a David Lynch film and you think, what the fuck is that? You know, what's happened there? And you could look at every interview David Lynch ever gives and he will never, ever tell you why. The Coen brothers as well. You think, what's all that about? They'll never fucking let you know. But Tarantino just can't stop talking. So all these little <laughs> mysteries, he just goes, oh, it's whatever you want it to be. I didn't intend it to be anything. Yeah. You know, oh, it just just... To... oh, it's just at the moment uh, I banged oh, my head. And yeah, then I've done I that different that at that time. And that t- and he explained, <laughs> he can't help, but it's verbal diarrhea. Out, yeah, it? he does talk, doesn't he? Ten to the dozen. <laughs> um, just, just on, uh, just on um, uh, Figure Bob Avery, I'd just go through the rest of his face because he was involved with Reservoir Dogs as well. Yeah, didn't he do um, Killing... No, um, Chasing Amy? I can't see that one. Not Chasing Um, Amy. Is it called Chasing I can't see that one on here, but he's got Silent Hill, Beowulf, he did the screenplay for. I like Beowulf. That's good, that one. Um, And then Lucky Day. I don't know those ones, so... He done one with Eric Stoltz, didn't he? Killing Zoe, Killing Zoe. Killing Zoe, Scott, yeah. That, so yeah. He, he had a good run because he had, obviously, he had Reservoir Dogs, True Romance, Uncredited Writer, Killing Zoe, Pulp Fiction. So it was like, boom, that's a jump. That's a, that's a run, isn't it? Mm. That he didn't get a lot of credit for. Because Killing Zoe, yeah, that's Eric Stoltz again, <laughs> who plays Lance in this one, the drug dealer. Yeah. He's great in it. They're all great. And I do love yeah. the characters. And <laughs> Even down to the bit where he's going on about the, oh, do you want to hang around, do some drugs, and then, you know, get into a bit of a foursome thing? And he goes, oh, well, which, I don't, which one? No, he says something about not yeah. pulling the one before the piercings or something. Yeah. And he goes, that's my wife. That's my man. wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the bit where Mia's found the heroin. She t- does the OD. And there's just that shot with um, Eric Stoltz is on the phone and Vince is like, we're coming over. And he's like, no, man, don't fucking come over here. I, I don't want a dead girl in here. <laughs> and then he opens a blind and you just see the car just shoot across the lawn. <laughs> I fucking that. love that shot. <laughs> uh, but that car, that belonged, I think that was Tarantino's car and it was stolen off of the set of uh, Pulp Fiction. Was it? It was stolen, it. yeah. <laughs> brilliant but it turned up recently someone was breaking into it and then the police found them and then done a trace on the car and then sure enough it was yeah the car that had been stolen during Pulp Fiction like it like it but talking about the case yes Tarantino's explained that it does. there's nothing in it it doesn't matter it is just a MacGuffin but there used to be I remember I always used to think this was one of the things going around and I used to think yeah that's what it is wow uh, Marcellus Wallace's soul and that's why he had the plaster on the back of his neck because that's how they removed his soul and it was in this case yeah I just thought it was bars of gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't see that it would be much else. But I do know, I just gold, think but... it's just a light bulb. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, yeah, you, like you said, you don't need to know, do you? You just need to know that it's really, it's more than what Tim Ruff would be getting at any one point from any of his holdups. <laughs> and he's just walked in on this. Because that's the irony of that conversation at the start, isn't it? You know, there'll be no one in here. Yeah. who's kind of going to be the hero and all of that stuff. So this is an easy job. Mm. And then they walk straight into Samuel L. Jackson on his day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And also the scene where they go in to do the, the hit, 
on the lads. And you think, these are young yeah. lads. How? What have they done? You know, what is the deal there with these? Because yeah. they just seem like college kids, didn't they? Yeah. And uh, well, it- you think, I look now at the cast list on this as well, if you Google it. Oh, my yeah. God, how old everyone looks now. Frank, well, Tim Roth Frank looks Wally. so young in that. Frank Wally as Brett, as, you know, he's just like a baby face in that. And now he looks... Yeah, yeah. You no, know, he looks... They all look old. Yeah. You know, everyone has aged. It was a long time ago. That's what you've got to remember. But, yeah, they are all so young looking in that. Yeah, I think for me it was uh, Tim Tim Roth that was the one that kind of... Yeah, he did look young yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. When you think about him in things like the Hulk and stuff. Because, yeah, he plays like the abomination <laughs> in Hulk, doesn't yeah, he? Mm. yeah. And he's up, yeah, he's up there. And he, I like um, Uma Thurman in this one. And obviously, he's getting to know actors as they come in, isn't he? I don't know if this is the first time he worked with Uma Thurman. But it would have been. He was yeah, going to yeah. go on and, and, and work with her again with Kill Bill and whatnot. Well, he says she's his muse. Yeah. Isn't he? he called I mean, she is brilliant. I love the bit in this where he, they say, What's your names? And she goes, um, You know, um, yeah. this is Mrs. Mia Wallace. And you are. Vince Vigor. It's like, it's just like, it's just brilliant. It's like, why did you put that in? Because <laughs> you can. And it just naturally comes out. But I don't great. get, what I don't get is at the beginning, she says, don't be so rectangle. Yeah. Why, yeah. why not be so rectangle? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Is that, what, what was that about? Why is that in there? Oh. Because did he feel that that didn't make sense if she didn't say the word square? So he needed to draw the square, which yeah, wasn't a square, it was a rectangle. It wasn't even a square. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that was about because he would have just drawn a square anyway. Yeah. I don't understand that bit. Yeah, that was a bit random. But, you know, a bit of random so, editing. Going all over the place. I'm just looking at some notes. I know, you're going to have great fun editing this back together. Vincent Vega. Oh, I'll just put it in order of us rambling shit throughout. Vincent Vega, John Travolta, mm. brother to Vic Vega in Reservoir Dogs. Mr. Yes. Blonde. But yeah. it was originally written for Michael Madsen. Right. Yeah. Because he couldn't yeah. do it. And then it got offered around. John Travolta got picked up. Uh, Bruce Willis's character, Butch, originally yeah. written with a younger actor in mind, Matt Dillon, was going to play the Butch character. Well, thank God they didn't do that. I don't think that would have worked. I don't know. I do like Matt Dillon. There's something about him, I think. He's all right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I thought, yeah, it was. It was yeah. Great, especially the bit where Bruce Willis comes in with the, and again, that's sort of setting it up, isn't it, in a way for like the whole Kill Bill element with the, with with the, the sword, samurai, samurai sword. sword. Yeah, you can. That sort of thing. He's clearly starting to get a taste of it. And as he's doing it, thinking, oh, I want more of this. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be good if I did a whole film? Or, or maybe he already had it in mind and he was just testing the water. And Yeah. I'm just looking down the, um, the cast here. I can't see um, the cop. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can. I can see him here. He's. Um... Peter Green. He's not on my list of cast. I'm on IMDb. What are you on then? Oh, I just go into Google. I just Google it and then just yeah, cast. IMDb, it always throws me. I don't like using IMDb to try and look at information. I find it frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Peter Green, because he was the bad guy in um, The Mask. (laughs) The Mask. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, has he been in it? What else has he been in? Because he's been in a few films, hasn't he? He mustard. He mustard been. Oh, there's the gimp. Let's have a look and see what the gimp. Who? Stephen Hibbard. Yeah. Stephen. He's been. He was in Austin Powers, apparently. I can't recognise him in this. Cat in the hat. No, I can't say. Well, you can't recognise him in this, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, Peter Green. Yeah, Zed. Yeah. So he was in. Um, yeah, he was the mask, but 
And he played the villain in that, but he's quite done other things, hasn't he? No, he hasn't done a lot, has he? Blue Streak. Oh, crikey. And the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, right. He didn't do a lot more, did he? Let's move yeah. on from him. Don't get many chances <laughs> he's here worth, in Hollywood. He's not worth talking about anymore, is he? Jesus. But yeah, I thought he was good in this, and I did actually think he was good as the villain in The Mask, to be honest. I know it's not the greatest film, but... Yeah, yeah. And I would have thought he played more of those villainish, villain-type characters, but no, he clearly didn't, did he? No. Uh, there you go. Mm. Um, of course, what we who we haven't spoken about, and we should, because he's, he's behind you, is the whole oh, Christopher what? Walken bit, because yeah. that is just... Wonderful. It's a great way to sort of stress the importance of this watch, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he spent seven years up, up, up here, him and his dad's arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just love that. And I remember watching it the first time and he's telling his story and then I'm like, your dad had to keep us in the only place he wouldn't find it. Up his ass. Five up years up his ass. Till he died of dysentery. Then he gave it to me and I kept it up my ass for two years. <laughs> <laughs> and it is brilliant and it is I mean Christopher Walken never plays anyone other than Christopher Walken no but doesn't he but, play but, the villain in True Romance that's why I was watching this thinking is he in True Romance I don't know I don't know maybe he is I, I can't, can't remember maybe I don't know but you know it, so he doesn't he doesn't change does he he's just him yeah but this this role but it's just things like the way he he starts the conversation and he has to mention his dad dying and he looks at the mother and just a little, just, you know, he just, brilliant. Yeah. Everything about that, it's, whole, it's just brilliant. The whole. Yeah, he is great. Whole scene is just, like you say, it just sets that watch bit up. And that's, that's really where the film is, I think. And I do think it is that story right through. That's the film. The other bits are great, but they're all add-ons, not necessary. They just create the pulp in the fiction, don't they? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't have the film without Jules and... Vincent, can you? No, no, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying I'm not saying they should have got rid of them or anything like that. I'm just saying, you know, it always feels to me like that's the sequence of the film that that fits nicely. And but then, it all ties in. It's like at the beginning, he's at the drug dealer's house and he's like, oh, some someone's keyed my car. Yeah. And again, you think nothing of it, but you can look into it. And Tarantino has said at some point, oh, that was Butch done that. Then. They fell out at the bar and Butch left and keyed his car on the way out. Oh, yeah, but that, that, no, so I don't know about that. That's a bit like, that's, why does he need to explain everything, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, that's like <laughs> The Last Jedi, isn't it? When they say to Ray, what happened to you? And she says, well, I crept through the Star Destroyer and I, I stole a TIE fighter and I escaped and it all happens off screen, you know? And you're thinking, well, that would have been good to see. <laughs> Just add it in. That sounds like one of those to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was Butch. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I do like the, the heroin montage, like the close-ups with the heroin, and it keeps flicking to Vince Vega driving. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? You know, I don't know that ever glorified drugs is a good idea, but <laughs> <laughs> but that shot of just the blood coming back, yeah, into or the, the misty sort of, yeah. yeah. It's just some great shots in and there, uh, and and of course he does the whole thing with the cars and the the backdrop, doesn't he, behind the cars? You know, so it's so blatantly obvious that they're not driving any you know, really driving those cars. Yeah, especially the the butch scene in the... Yeah. I mean, it's black and white. The backdrop yeah, is exactly. black and white. Yeah, and then <laughs> the same with him, um, Vince Vega driving, isn't it, to the thing as well. That's sort of kind of like got that skitsy backdrop. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Christopher Walken, I think um, that, that that's just brilliant. And, you know, it's just that one sequence sets it up and then he does the whole... He kind of wakes up and away we go with that story. And 
that's that whole sequence you know it's obvious he's kind of double crossed Marcellus well he's bet he's not just not fallen he's killed he's him bet, <laughs> bet the bri- he's killed him and he's bet all his bribe money on, on himself. himself yeah because he could see what was about bookings. to go on because everyone the batting <laughs> yeah. switch so yeah it's brilliant and then um and then the whole and then the, the whole relevance of him having to go back because of the watch yeah which he goes back for and that's it then you don't really get the watch again as soon as he's put it on it served its purpose done its bit it's a nice way of getting him back. That's it. They got you've got to think, how can we yeah, get him back to the house? It. And just off of the back of that, not just having this watch that's a family heirloom, it's created yeah. the scene. What came first? That the scene. The importance of that, yeah. Or, you know, the watch, you know. Did they create that watch scene for the watch? So that he went back. Was the scene come first? Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, it makes you... I like to know how people come up yeah, with Yeah, definitely. Which came and... first, the chicken or the egg on that one, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. the uh, egg. And then yeah, and then um, and then obviously Vince comes out and gets you know on the toilet, which is nice because not nice, but you know it's good because they show the book. He reads the book. He does a similar thing at the end, and he goes off to the loo for half an hour. He obviously likes to take his time on the loo, um, literally on in that one. And uh, so that's really good. And then like I said, you know he, he's driving off. He thinks classic, got this sorted. And then Marcellus is walking across the street, and that kicks off. Um, and then the random bit, they go into that shop and <laughs> it's just like all the shops. Yeah. <laughs> and and even down to like he goes, he's about to leave and he and he, and he kind of goes, oh, oh, damn it. I'm going to have to go back. I can't leave him there. Yeah, so he, he goes has back to go and he back picks up the really. hammer. Ooh, having a bit of a test run. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Oh, no, baseball bat. Oh, that's good. That's good. That. And then he looks up. Yeah, and they get that. Well, he gets the chainsaw first. Oh, yeah, the chainsaw then, as well. <laughs> he's trying the chainsaw. Think, oh, Scarface here. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sees the sword and that, and he goes down in. The music's pumping off. It's brilliant in that bit as well. Mm. Everything about it is fantastic. And then he, he chops the guy down. He's like, God, do you want to take the gun? And he says, just stand aside or whatever he says. Then he Marcellus, and away <laughs> we go. Brilliant. Really good. And, uh, you know, I if I was Marcellus, though, in all honesty, I'd have killed him there and I'd have shot him with the shotgun as well as the other guy, yeah. Bruce Willis. I know he saved, I guess because he saved his ass, so, well, isn't it? He saved his life, that's why they... But he's got something over him, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's why I would have... Yeah, but that's why I'd have shot him there and then. Yeah, I'd have gone, exactly, yeah. I got, no you, one you owe else me money. needs to know this. He doesn't even know yet that he's going to go back to the apartment and find Vince machine gunned into the wall, <laughs> you know? It's like, God damn, he's created some problems, you know? Did that change yeah. his mind about whether or not he wanted to let him go? You don't know. Mm. But yeah, you would think oh god you know that could get out yeah I'd, I'd have taken him out <laughs> I'd yeah, have gone. i think he would have got taken you, out really. yeah i'm after yeah, you as it right. is <laughs> you yeah. just witnessed that happening i'll shoot you first <laughs> no i'll shoot that guy and then i'll shoot but the you. whole like the the fact that vince is there on his own as well and it's like samuel jackson has had his epiphany moment and has left and because vince is a bit more he can't see what's in front of his face can he yeah he can't like when he shoots marvin and he's not sorry about it and he's sort of like they're cleaning and he's like oh you tells winston ask me please yeah what the fuck he's not bright is he he's not bright but that's what i mean by the whole he's not there on his own is he's with marcellus marcellus is with him but he's got to get coffee but they're so casual samuel (laughs) jackson was you know or if vince had said yeah actually yeah this is the time to get out because a couple of days later he's dead (laughs) So it was a sign from God to get out, wasn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's good. It is clever how it all does work. 
so that's that bit. Yeah. So that the chopper bit with Zed's chopper at the end. He goes, it's, just, it's not a motorbike, it's a chopper. And then they head off, don't they? And then it cuts back, doesn't it, to the final scene? Or is it the car then? The headshot? Which one comes first? That is the final scene. Not the motorbike, isn't The final no, scene the, is the cafe. The motorbike ends and then it goes back to, to the, cafe. the flat, doesn't it? To where? And the flat with Seinfeld in the cupboard. Then it's that's the Bonnie situation, is the last story, isn't it? Yeah, the first so the story is Marcellus. Two, then it's the Bonnie situation. Yeah, yeah. So it goes back there and it starts in the flat with Seinfeld listening to Samuel L. Jackson going, Yes, you know yeah, that's my right. Name yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, that's and then it right. tells yeah, their right. story. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I was jumping. I was jumping around even more than the film was then. And I mean, I always remember the the violence of Marvin getting shot was just like, oh fuck, but hilarious at the same time. Yeah, it was, and uh, that's <laughs> that. I think with this one for me, watching it again, I think that's perhaps what was different about this time was it kind of not softened the edges, but you know, I knew what was coming. Yeah, I knew when it was going to happen, so I. I didn't have that shock factor when the head blew off, you know, when he no, shot you're him. you're waiting for it. You know, I'm waiting it for happens it to happen, so, yeah. so quick. I thought, oh, I can't remember it happening as quick. It's as... brilliant the way it does the, the first time you watch it because you're thinking, yeah. oh, Jesus. You know, that, that's exactly what they thought. <laughs> oh, God. It's just like, oh, you... oh, you went over a bump. I didn't go over no motherfucking bump. <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah, it's just the, the bickering between them. My what the fuck is that? I've just washed my hands. You have not washed your yeah, fucking hands. I've got the tea towel, the towel. I've washed my is. fucking hands and my <laughs> towel doesn't look like a fucking maxi pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just they are just bickering all the time. Yeah, they? they were. It was a good little, good married couple, weren't they? Vince is going <laughs> like, oh, didn't someone say that if you admit to making a mistake, then you're instantly forgiven? <laughs> He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm here picking up any bit of bits of brain and you... <laughs> There's all brain in his hair, isn't there? Yeah. Mat matted bits of brain in his fucking afro. Yeah. It's great. It's like when they're standing there and Sharon in Mr. Wolf's Sharon. He's going, get there, get there, get back in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. And Mr. Oh, Wolf, like you say, Mr. Wolf was great there, but, you know, the fact that they've then gone... Oh, good. Let's uh, make a commercial out of it and really dumb uh, it down. And how did they ever get the rights to that? How did Tarantino, did he, you know, can't believe he let that happen. Well, it must have been at the request of Harvey Keitel. He kicked off when uh, the fun-loving criminals, didn't he sue them for sampling Reservoir, like uh, Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs in their song, wasn't it? Uh, Scooby Snacks. Yeah. When you think, that's well, just a great song and it works, just let it go, isn't it? And then he'll go and let that happen. It doesn't need the money. Surely Winston Wolf doesn't need to be advertising fucking direct line. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously cast in. Uh, this is an interesting thing. I've got here a little chart of the actors and the films. So it tells you which ones they're in. Who do you think... Which... Uh, no, hang on a minute. Who? So which actor do you think has been in this film the most? Samuel Jackson. So he's been in one, two, three, four, five, six. So no, he isn't. Tarantino. Well, yeah, probably, but it doesn't count. Well, Samuel Jackson isn't in the most... He isn't the one that's in the most films. There's someone else in there. Um, and that would be Zoe Bell. Zoe She's Bell. She's the stunt woman. 
She's oh, actually a stunt yeah, woman, yeah, isn't yeah, she? So yeah. she's she's in. Not really an actor, is she? Well, I guess. Well, because that's like having, she's in all the know, films, but she's she, probably anyway. got the same fucking uh, sound but, guy. But, yeah. You know. All right. All right. Fair enough. So in which case it is <laughs> it is Samuel L. Jackson actor, next? Um, yeah. So which film? Next question. Just to throw one out there, has got the most of his reused actors in. Come on, try that one. Hateful Eight. I have to count them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Hateful Eight's got eight. Oh my god, there, there's so many of them. If you include in Zoe Bell in this, as it says, right? It's got <laughs> one, not, two, I'm three, four, no. five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> it's actually Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ah, yeah. Uh, the Hateful Eight's got yeah, eight. Django's got eight. So he started to use more of the same actors. If you, if you, you crap, I've got to be really boring here. But this chart it shows like Reservoir Dogs. He had Harvey Keitel, Michael Madsen, Tim Roth. And then he went Samuel L. Jackson, Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Uma Thurman. And then for Jackie Brown, and this is probably why Jackie Brown hasn't necessarily hit the heights of some of his other films, because he's only got Michael Bowen and Samuel L. Jackson in there from his usual setup of actors. Yeah, but it's still a great cast. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he starts, but from then on, from Kill Bill on, he starts to just kind of recycle the same actors more uh, more and more, without a shadow of a doubt, you know. yeah, definitely. So, what's your in Pulp Fiction? Who's your standout character? Then, oh, you? I think it's Samuel L. Jackson. I think it's Samuel L. Jackson because he just yeah, yeah. I mean, it just sets the tone. I don't know for Samuel L. Jackson whether this was how far into his career was he when he did this. I suppose it sort of probably kicked him off as well because I remember around this time reading an article in Empire magazine, and it was called. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right. So what the hell? And was that, that must about? have been around. <laughs> it was basically how he always gets a bit part. He's never like the lead. But yeah, you know, it wasn't long after that. I can't think what well, this must have been his breakout film. Yeah, I mean, this he was in Do the, the Right Thing. Him. Good film. I don't no, he's put... in loads of stuff. He's in Goodfellas. He's in Jurassic Park. Yeah, but then he, he. And I guess this film to me is where that kind of. Samuel L. Jackson doing those long speeches appeared. Yeah. Where this dialogue became more and more sort of like, you know, right. It, every film with Samuel L. Jackson has that long speech. It's like the one that always, like Deep Blue Sea, because he does it there, doesn't he? And then he gets eaten by the shark. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's shocking. Shocking. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, because, I mean, he's he's been in some films, isn't he? And obviously, you know, if you think about all the Marvel films, he he's, he sits in all of those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's got a good paycheck there, mate. Isn't he? Oh, doesn't he? Just he just rolls in for a bit, doesn't he? Mm. So he certainly. I mean, Christ. Yeah, there's some films there, isn't there? Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy. What, what a guy. guy. But yeah, yeah well, he's, and he's a, great. He's managed to sustain a career, hasn't he? Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like John Travolta. Up and I down. suppose he is still doing stuff. I think the only thing I can really remember watching him in and thinking, oh, he's really good in that. Like, you know, we say it about face-off and stuff. I don't know how well that would have dated now if we watched yeah, it. Yeah, true. But um, was when he'd done the 10-part series about the um, trial of O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson, yeah. And he plays the lawyer in that. Oh, I can't remember. I'd have to go back and watch it all, to be honest. But he, I thought he was good in that. I thought he was good in that. Right, okay, so... But I can't remember. So here's, here's the list of the, the actual film. So, but again, this has got death proof in it. Is that actually one of his films then? Or is that one of his spin-off ones? Yeah, that's one of his films. Yeah. Right, okay. So film, Pulp yeah. Fiction, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, Kill Bill, 
Death Proof, Inglorious Bastardos, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Which, go on, top five. Reservoir Dogs, Once Upon a Time, Pulp Fiction. Not in that particular order, though. No. Um, Inglorious Bastards and Jackie Brown is the only one I've ever... I've actually watched, I think, all the way through. So I think I've only actually seen those five. But I did really enjoy uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Not as much. Hollywood. 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 Yeah, not as much as um, Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs, I must say. Just because the end, to me, let it down. There's nothing original in ending it like that, to me, you know? What, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, just that That violent, stupid, ridiculous ridiculous ending. Flamethrower, violent... Ridiculous flamethrower. Yeah. Beating up women. It was a really, really, really great film. It would have been my favourite because it's about the top subject matter as well. But yeah, just the ending. It's just him having his, is like saving the day. I want to save, you know, I want to kill Hitler. He kills Hitler in Inglorious Bastard. I want to save Sharon Tate. You know, yeah. and <laughs> change the history, change yeah, the dialogue. Yeah. And- yeah, I guess so, and and I think that's where for me Inglorious falls down because falls down because the opening twenty minutes, thirty minutes is just immense. Exactly, immense. exactly. It's actually it, based it, on another film, isn't it? Inglorious Bastards. I've got the other version of yeah, Inglorious yeah, yeah. Bastards, yeah. but I've never well, seen. Well, I guess Django is Django the same because Django's a yeah, an older character. But this older. is what I mean. Why? That's how I it pissed me off when I watch his interview. And him like slagging he's, off he's the slagging joke off someone else, yeah, for like yeah. copying other films. I'm like, you've always done this, you know. Yeah. It's fine. We don't mind. That's what film is. People watch films and are influenced by films and want to make their own version of certain films or their own telling of that tale. Um, yeah. So I I agree. I think Reservoir Dogs is brilliant. Pulp Fiction is is brilliant. Jackie Brown would be worth another watch. Yeah, it's I Robert think... De Niro, isn't it, Jackie Brown? Yeah, and it's based he's on. A book by ah, oh, it's Rum Punch, isn't it? The book I can't think what I the bloke's know. called. I think it's the same bloke who wrote the book of Git Shorty as well. Oh right, yeah. Um, which which is another John Travolta, Elmore Elmore Leonard, yeah, and he, he wrote Rum Punch as well. So I I see. For me, I think Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill One, Volume One. I I like both of them, but I just thought Kill Bill Kill Bill Volume One was just a little bit. I just like I just like. The film a little bit more, I think. Yeah, like I say, I've got those to watch. I've got, I think I've got Django. I think I've got The Hateful Eight. I've got the two Kill Bills. I haven't watched them yet. I've just thrown them in my pile of films that I own that yeah. I haven't watched yeah. yet. And I will get to them at some point. And, and Django Django Unchained is, um, I, I like that film. I like that film. It, it is ridiculous, as, you know, as films go. And it does kind of, it is, you know, random in in the way it's like the happy ending and it does have that explosion at the end mm. no surprises there um but i think that dicaprio in i mean in each of his films there are there are standout actors aren't there and i think that's the thing they see their opportunity to do something memorable and name making mind blowing you know you've got to talk about samuel l jackson in pulp fiction for that for me um uma Furman then becomes you know, within Kill Bill and again with Pulp Fiction with the dancing of bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, Django, um, Inglorious Bastards, the guy that plays the Nazi whose name is going to really escape me now. Oh, he plays the officer. Um, oh, God. Goodness, oh, goodness, goodness. oh, yeah, I know. Because he, he's in Django Unchained as well. And he's fantastic in that as well. Christopher Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. I mean, yeah, Christoph Waltz. Sorry. Christoph Waltz is 
in that as the SS officer is just frightening at the start of that film. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to it. It's just frightening that whole bit. And he's in Django again, but he plays a different character in Django, and he, he still plays it. He plays it really well, and so he's memorable for me in those two films. But Inglorious is is the scene that just for me it was like, who's this guy? I don't know. I don't think I ever saw him in anything before. And then he comes into this film and he just does that scene, and it's just so tense. It's yeah. just amazingly yeah. frightening. Um, Pulp Fiction, uh, you know Samuel L. Jackson. I think definitely in there. Uh, who else has been a? You know there must be standout actors in the other ones. I mean DiCaprio again in, in, in Django, and um, Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood. And, yeah, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. He's brilliant in that. And Samuel L. Jackson again in Django is just fantastic as the butler. It's just I think Tim Roth stands out in uh, uh, Oh um, Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great performance. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. There's, you know, so each film has its has its main sort of you know standout bits and pieces. Um, Kill Bill's good because actually Bill is played by uh, uh, oh yeah Carradine. Yeah, David Carradine, who used to play uh, a blind monk or something didn't he do you ever do you ever I see that know. film i don't really know martial arts film it was like a blind oh what was what was that film god almighty that's a film i didn't know he died but there yeah yeah he died wanking incident mate what yeah what wanking incident wasn't it oh yeah the to- in thailand it's, a rope it's around fix- his neck and his genitals asphyxiation yeah holy schmoly what a way to go yeah didn't know yeah. that that wasn't martial arts, was it? No. You didn't learn that in the uh, martial arts academy, But again, surely. like, you, you know, there's there's tropes, isn't there, in the, the Tarantino stuff, like the brand of fags that they smoke, with, uh, what is it, the red apple or yeah. something? Yeah, red apple, yeah, red apple. Uh, there's the sea, the shot looking from the trunk, where they open the trunk and the camera's in the trunk. That's in this one, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Pop Fiction. And um, Jackie Brown. I don't know if it's in other ones. It must be in Death Proof. There's a car in that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. There's a good old be, Mexican standoff at the end. Yep. Oh, I can't figure the name of this character. I'm stuck on the David Carradine films now. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it was good to see him in Kill Bill. And he does play he does play Bill well. Um, so, you know, and, and I remember him from films, TV series and things from his martial arts bits and pieces. Yeah, I don't really know who he is. I've never really seen him in. Have you not? But if I don't watch martial arts stuff, that's probably why I don't recognize no. him. No. To me, zombies and martial arts just was one trick to me. I could never get into them. Oh, de- that's a film I watched with him in recently, Death Race 2000. Have you seen David Carradine? Oh, uh, no, you said Oh, my that. God. Yeah. Oh, that's a film we should do. That's the old one with Stallone. And- Stallone's in it as well, yeah. yeah. Oh, we need to do that one. That was a bizarre <laughs> film. It's it, it's it's awful, but at the same time, it was all right, you know? And it just kind of like, yeah, he's in that. Yeah. Very odd. Very odd film. I don't think I'd ever seen that one before, but I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I recognise it. It's got like a gimp head on the cover, hasn't it? Well, he looks like a bit like Darth Vader, <laughs> but in a gimp suit. Yeah, yeah it's, it is a bit. It is a bit random. <laughs> have you seen um, Death Proof? Then no, I don't think I. I don't know that I have. Uh, that's got to be based on like Death Race two thousand. It's got to be that sort of trashy sort of 
sci-fi. Yeah. I don't know. But I always got this, the feeling that it was sort of based on that sort of thing. Right. Um, I don't know what else to say about Pulp Fiction, Robin, do you? I don't know what else to say about Pulp Fiction, to be honest. We've been going for, what have we been going for? Just nearly two hours. So have we? An hour and a half. I've got an hour and a half. Do you think we got enough? Yeah, I think so. Because I think the thing I is... think Pulp Fiction is a roller coaster, fun ride, lots of exciting things, <laughs> blood violence. God, you can't beat it. It's great. The sort of the reimagine. It did launch after Pulp Fiction. Everyone was doing gangster films. Everyone was starting at the end and going to the middle and trying to be clever and memento. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, memento like was a great one though, wasn't it? Yeah, Completely that is, in that reverse. Is well done. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, nobody nobody managed to do the same thing again. But but you're right as well in what you were saying about films have got to, something's got to give. Something's got we need someone new to appear and just shake it all up a bit. Yeah, because when I was done my review of 2022, yeah, the other night I thought what I'll do before I start getting into my films, I'll talk through the top ten films of 2022. Yeah, they was all sequels. They was all. Marvel. What, so like things like Jurassic, Jurassic Dominion World, and stuff like that. Avatar just box 2, office, aren't they? They're just, yeah. Know, um, they're just money makers, not necessarily good films. Yeah, everything was a superhero or a sequel or a remake. It's just it's just a shame, isn't it? It's a crying shame to see it. It is. And like you know, like I said, um something's gotta shake it up and you know, stuff and like that. And there's still good of... stuff being made on Netflix and that and but they're not they're not making the box office, are they? They're not. No, getting because to that they're top only going 10. with the safe bets now, aren't they? Well, no, and they're not being screened at the cinema to make the money in the first place. So they're not. Yeah, they're not counted, are they, as part of the box office? So, but there is. There's a need somewhere out there for new directors, new direction. Yeah, and directors you know, who insist on only go, making films for the cinema. But it's it's not just that though, is it? It's films that are made that the audience insists need to be made in the cinema, need to go in the cinema. Because, mm. I mean, what, I, what I've heard now is that they're going to start remaking the Harry Potter films. Oh, Jesus. You know, that's just, it's just, oh, that's a good cash cow. We need to f- flog that again. <laughs> so the films are slightly outdated now, so they can jump in and do it all over again, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Frightening, frightening, frightening idea. Terrifying um, idea. Anyway, so Robin, thanks ever so much for meeting again. Oh, well, are we going to do another one? Yeah, definitely. I'm up <laughs> for another one. Yeah, it's good to get back into it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Pulp Fiction, there's not, not a lot we can't say about Pulp Fiction that every other film podcast has ever said before. Except I for think, I wish my cat was in it. We say in our own ways, don't we, Robin, I suppose? We do. We're we unique. talk about it in a non-linear way, which is interesting because actually, <laughs> but actually though... Probably the most like Tarantino. The whole point is, it's Pulp Fiction and Pulp Fiction is all about bits and bops cut and not in a sequence, not sequential. Exactly. And that is exactly what we did. That's what we did. Did you see that? We reflected Damn. in our review, didn't it? <laughs> Damn, it's like we meant to do that. Cool. That took so, a long time to organise this podcast to make it look like it was crazy and all out of sync. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. If you have listened, if you haven't, you can't hear me say that. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to check out other episodes, there's hundreds. Well, there's, there's about 50 odd. Um, also, please, if you're listening, whatever you're listening to us on, give us a review and rate us. It helps us sort of independent podcast makers get our names out there a little bit more. Tell your friends. Yes. A couple of twats talking about films are brilliant. Oh, have you heard that guy talking about that film and he knows nothing about it? 
<laughs> That's exactly. the difference, because you have to kind of have your own niche in the market. Our niche is that we don't know anything. That'd be a really good niche, wouldn't it? What do you it know? It's a really good niche. So, Robin, thanks ever so much for joining me again, buddy. Yes, Trev. All right. And yeah, we'll catch up again very soon, hopefully next week, and discuss another film. Bye. See you all again soon. Head up, Chase. Hey. Oh. The family.